So, today I, w- I want to return to a beatitude I've already covered, really. Um, I didn't get to cover it fully, though, so I want to return to it and kind of give you the other half of it. Before I do that, I just want to, I want to recap. I want to recap on, on what we've kind of gone through so far. It's, it's been a while. Um, so, so, we've been looking at the Beatitudes, for those who haven't been with us or don't really remember or whatever. So, we've been looking at, we've been looking at those, and, uh, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, it's in, cha- it's in Matthew chapter 5. And um, the Beatitude is a, is a Greek word translated means blessing, happiness. Okay, and here Jesus is describing the character, and that's really, that's really important, it's describing the character of one who has been saved by God. Okay? Bless you, God. So, the first three, okay, are... are, are and actually, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a story, right? Uh, just a bit of an example, right? My, 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 my daughter, Talia, um, who's two, uh, coming up to three now, uh, she... Um, I don't know if any of you have had daughters that just want to do everything on their own. They don't want any help whatsoever. And, and yet you know that they can't do what they want to do, right? So whether it's putting on shoes, putting on tights, which is always kind of funny to watch, uh, putting on whatever, you know, uh, doing this, doing that, going to the toilet. I mean, that, she's kind of mastered that one now. But, like, you know, it's, it's always this, no, I do it sort of thing, you know. I'm doing it. Okay. And, and usually it's when you're in a hurry they want to do this. And uh, <laughs> I, I find, and so, and, and it, so it's like, ah, and, and, and depending on how much of a hurry we're in, I, I, I give different levels of patience and tolerance and, 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 and until I get to the point where it's like, right, that's it, I'm doing it, right? Okay, and, um, but, but it, it's, it's, it's funny how, how she, she, she wants to do it, but she just can't do it. And, um, and it's funny, I mean, I intervene most of the time, but a couple of times she's, she's kind of realised she really, really can't do it, and she just comes back to me or mummy and says, help, you know. And uh, so we help her, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and that's, that's what the first three kind of Beatitudes are about. It's us kind of realising that we actually can't do it uh, and how bad we are, and, uh, you know, to God, that we actually can't earn anything. We can't earn salvation. We can't do any of that. And, 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 and so the first three is poor in spirit. Um, I haven't got them written down. Poor in spirit, um, uh, mourning sin, uh, being meek. They're about realizing how bad we are and how much we need God to help us and rely on him. Right? And, then, and then we covered the fourth beatitude, which is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And, and that should be taken in light of the first three about us needing God and that, because it's about us seeking now to be acceptable and, 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 and approved by God, to please him. Um, uh, Timothy, I, I don't remember where, but to, to Timothy says, you know, we, we seek to be approved by God, right? And, 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 and so this means seeking now a correct way of thinking and, uh, and a correct way of feeling and a correct way of acting. And uh, it's... And, uh, and the thing is, who's more acceptable to God than Jesus, right? It was Jesus that God said, with you, I am well pleased. You know, you are my son, I am pleased with you, you know. Um, the Bible says that we are being made like Jesus. And so that's where the hunger and thirst for righteousness is. It's not for our own, it's for Jesus's that becomes our own, right? So, um, and so that's where that beatitude stands. You know, we ask... We desire, we trust him to supply the resource of his 
righteousness, his goodness in our thoughts, in our feelings, in our actions, and bring about that same character in our hearts and outward lives. And, and, and that then leaves us in a state of rather weeping of our unrighteousness that we had, you know, we, we weren't righteous before. We start to rejoice that his God-pleasing, Jesus' God-pleasing, righteous character is becoming our own. And so our hearts are no longer condemning us, but they're, you know, we're moving on in grace and grace. Okay? And, it's, and that is the turning point. That's the turning point beatitude. Okay? Because the next three beatitudes are characteristics of God himself. Okay? That is mercy, pureness of heart, and peacemaking. Okay? The characteristics of God. Now, a couple of the previous ones were as well. God hates sin and mourns sin and hates its tragic effects. And Jesus was meek to the truest extent, trusting, trusting uh, God in everything to the point of obedience to death on a cross. Okay? But it's here in the Beatitudes, specifically, we begin to see an outworking of God's character in our lives as we seek to know him and that righteous character being made evident. Now, the first of these character traits of God in the next three Beatitudes is mercy. So, depending if this is going to work for me today or not. Oh, no, there you go. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. That's the one we're on. Okay? God is merciful and compassionate. Okay? This is a character of God. God is merciful and compassionate. It is, essential, it's, it is an essential part of his character. That is, that is who he is. I'm kind of tripping over my words today, but that is who he is, right? So, so when Moses asks God to reveal himself in the wilderness, uh, when they've come out of Egypt and all that, and, and the Israelites are just messing around, right? It, God shows himself to Moses, and this is what he declares to Moses, and it's been used throughout the Bible to remember this, okay? Because this is who God says he was. And it is... The Lord, this is what God says about himself. The Lord, the Lord, that's Yahweh, Yahweh. A God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Okay? It is who God is. That's the first thing he reveals about himself. I am merciful. Okay? So let's look at what mercy is again, just to recap from last time, okay? I gave you this quote before. This is by John Piper. And it's an eye for distress, a heart of pity, an effort to help in spite of enmity. That's mercy, okay? Let me add another quote that I've, I, I, I read a few days ago. This one's by Martin Lloyd-Jones. It pretty much says the same thing. It says, a sense of pity plus a desire to relieve the suffering that is the essential meaning of being merciful. It is pity plus action. Pity plus action. Now, last time when we looked at this, we, we looked at it in the context of helping those in need, right? Uh, whether poor, in a bad way, whatever, right? And, and, and the Good Samaritan was our example on that sermon, who didn't just feel pity or notice the, the, the guy who was beat up on the road, but he, he did everything in his power to relieve that situation and, um, and even at his own expense, to help him. And that's what mercy is. It's not just feeling pity and then walking by. It's feeling pity and doing something. So pity, I, I, I didn't do a good work on my, on my thing today, otherwise I would have wrote a lot of this on here as well. But pity plus action equals mercy. Okay? 
That's the E equals MC squared thing I'm going to give you today. Pity plus action equals mercy. Now, I want to look again today from its other setting, and that's being merciful to those who have wronged us. Okay, and this is important because... Well, I, you'll see. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in Matthew 18 for this whole sermon. So if anyone wants to, if you've got Bibles or whatever, if you want to go to a Matthew 18, it'll be, verses, it'll be from verse 23 down, and I will literally be staying on this text for the duration of this preach. So you, you won't need to turn around or anything. So that's if you want to turn around. But I'm going I'm to read it out, and uh, hopefully this thing works. Right. I've got it kind of slowly coming up. Therefore, so this, this, is, this is a... Uh, let me stop that before it gets too far. So this, this, is, this, is, this is a parable of Jesus, just so you know. Um, that they're asking about forgiveness and all of that. And, uh, and Jesus gives them this parable. And so, so that's the basis of this text. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants... When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, out of pity and compassion, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, co-servants, whatever you want to call it, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, I'll pay you. He refused, and he went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger... The master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay back all his debt. So also, my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Amen. It's a big text. Deep text. Now, I've, 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 kind of, I've kind of gone through it, and I've got five main points that I want to bring to you guys today from this text. So, uh, so let's move through them. Okay, so the first one, if it comes up, there it is. Forgiveness is mercy to a person who is unable to pay back what they owe you. Okay, I'll repeat that. Forgiveness is mercy to a person who is unable to pay back what they owe you. Okay. Proof text here is uh, in, in this is out of pity the master forgave him the debt. Okay, forgiveness, guys, is an action of mercy. Okay, um, uh, John MacArthur in one of his sermons um, says, uh, "Forgive this thing. Forgiveness is the fruit of mercy." Okay, 
It comes out of it. Now remember, mercy is pity plus action. Okay? And forgiveness is that action. Okay? So, so let's look at it. Let's look at what forgiveness is. Okay? So, so the Greek word here, and, and this is really important. Okay? I, know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I go into the Greek and whatever. Oh, it's kind of boring, whatever. Right? But, but it's, it's important because the Bible's written in Greek. Okay? And so our understanding of words needs to be what is the Greek understanding of that word. Yeah not what is the English equivalent understanding, because that's where we go wrong and mess up scripture. Yeah. Okay? So, so the Greek word for forgiveness here is atheomi. Atheomi. Okay? And this literally means, if you translate it literally, it is to send forth. Okay? Okay? And the idea behind this is to leave, to divorce, to send away, to let go, to give up, to no longer keep hold of. Okay? And the word is actually used in a variety of applications in, in, in the Bible and in, in various Greek literature and back then. Okay, right? it, was, it was used for divorces, of course. It was used also to walk away from something and leave something. So uh, the disciples, when they left their nets to follow Jesus, they afiamed their nets. They, they left them behind. When Satan, after tempting Jesus in the wilderness, gave up, uh, he left Jesus. He afiamed him. Okay? It's, this, it's this, I'm leaving. That's the idea. And it's commonly used in the context of cancelling debt. Okay? If someone owes you X amount of money and couldn't pay you back, you could legally, if you wanted to, cancel that debt by affirming it, by forgiving it, releasing them from ever having to pay it. Okay? Ever. Okay? It's the idea of leaving that debt you are owed by someone. So forgive is to say, hey, this man owes me this much, he hasn't paid me back, but he owes me no more. Okay? It's letting go of what is rightfully yours, interestingly enough. And so in that sense, it's suffering a loss. Not bitterly, okay? but just accepting that it happened, that you've suffered a loss, and yet you will not seek repayment for that loss. Okay? You are not keeping hold of it. You are leaving it. You are letting it go, affirming it, sending it forth. Okay? And this is the way it is used in application to sins and wrongdoing. Okay? Here's the thing. You are not looking for the person who has offended you, okay, to make it up to you and to suffer for what they did. That's forgiveness, okay? Okay? And the king in this story that we have had every single right to sell his servant and his family to regain as much money as he could from what the servant owed. It was his right, okay? But he saw the sorrow And the brokenness of his servant, he had compassion, he was moved to pity, and so he acted to relieve it by forgiving, cancelling his debt. Okay? There we go. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Okay? So that's main point number one. Forgiveness is mercy to a person who's unable to pay back what they owe you. Okay? Forgiveness is cancelling the debt. Point two. Forgiveness is not ignoring sin. Okay? Both the master and the servant in this story confronted the people that owed him. Even though the servant did it wrongly, they both still confronted the people that owed them. Okay? Now, this is, this is interesting because... Um, a lot of people, uh, to defend themselves when people confront them of their sin, use like scriptures and sayings like, oh, well, you without sin cast the first stone. And, oh, yeah, you remove the plank from your own eye. You know, or, or, you know, oh, don't judge me 
you know, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to, you know, forget, you know don't bring this up. You know, you know, why don't you hate the sin and not the sinner? Well, that's true. But if I truly hate the sin and love the sinner, I'm going to have to confront the person with that sin in their life that is damaging them and their relationship to me and to God and to whatever else. Okay, it's confronting someone who has sinned against you. Okay, and and uh, there's a scripture here. If your brother if your brother sins, okay, get this. This is what Jesus says. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Right? Right? Okay, I'll get on to the repenting and forgiving in a bit, right? But, but let's take the first part. If he sins, rebuke him. Okay? This is not just letting something go. It's not ignoring something that happened. Okay? The Greek word for rebuke here is epitomai. Okay, which means to put tax upon, to raise the price of something. Okay, and in, in the meaning of this, it's to raise, it's to tax with fault. Okay, that's the meaning. Okay, and and the word, you know, certain words have like a sharper sound, and, and you you know the full weight of the meaning, right? That this word epitomai has is a very strong word, a very strong word. It has a lot of feeling of severity and sharpness to it. Okay, you are expressing severe disapproval, sharply reproving them to correct their fault. You are charging them. You are saying, "No, what you did was wrong." Okay, you need to turn from that. Okay? Now, a bit of a warning, we do this in love and mercy, okay? All right? This is, this, is, this is all about seeking restoration and reconciliation, okay? This is not done in anger. It's not you giving them a piece of your mind because you're hurt, upset, or you don't like them, okay? That's not what it is, okay? It's not making sure that they go away with a feeling of being useless and put down. Okay, that is not what a Femi is. Um, sorry, not Femi, um, Epitomaro is. Okay, that's not what um, confronting and rebuking is. Okay, it's, it's about restoration. It's about restoring their broken relationship between them and you, if they've sinned against you, and them and God, and that sort of thing. And restoring them as a person. You know, sin is evil. It's a cancer in our life, sin. And it's good to get that and highlight it and say, let's get rid of this, you know. So forgiving is not ignoring it, okay? It is addressing the problem, okay, whether you like to or not. It's addressing the problem, but not holding it against them, okay? See, God is merciful, and yet he hates sin. And he will always very happily confront us of our sins and convict us to correct us as a loving father, right? So being merciful has absolutely nothing to do with not lovingly confronting your brother and sister in Christ. In fact, it very much is a big part of that. Okay? You need to confront someone. These people had to confront their people first before the forgiveness took place, really. You know? So, so, it's a big, so forgiveness is a big part of confronting and working something out. In fact, I've recently uh, just come to mind, um, I've recently had this kind of with someone, and, 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 and I'm not going to say who or whatever, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's, it's unresolved, unfortunately. And, um, but, but, but the thing I've, I've, I've realized, um, that, uh, when someone refuses, uh, to forgive or whatever, the thing I've realized, you know, forgiveness is messy 
A lot of people think it should be easy and it should be, oh, you know, oh, I fi- okay, I forgive him, it's fine, whatever, you know. But it's actually messy. If you really want to restore a broken relationship, especially if you've messed up or if they've messed up or whatever, right, it's going to be messy fixing that. It's not going to be easy. We're broken people. We're all broken. The person forgiving is broken. The person who needs forgiving is broken. You know, and we're, you know, we're all before a, a good God who can do it perfectly, but we're not expected to do it perfectly. We're just supposed to trust him and do it, you know. And, 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 and seek that reconciliation, no matter how messy it is, and no matter how f- much further hurt and damage you get out of that, in order to seek the, the grand goal of just being restored and at peace with that person. Okay? It's messy, it's hard, it hurts. Especially if someone doesn't forgive you, it hurts. But you, know, you, you work at it, you continue to, for the glory of God. So yeah, so two points. So forgiveness is mercy to a person who's unable to uh, pay back what they owe you, and forgiveness is not ignoring sin. Okay. Now this is great because this leads me to my third point. I, I, I love my third point. Okay, I absolutely love it. God forgave us first. Amen. God forgave us first. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and I love that's what I loved about the worship today. Thanks, come out. I mean, God, God's obviously at work, so more more thanks to him than you. But thanks anyway. <laughs> right. So, but you know, good job for listening. So, so you know, um, you know, oh, you know what? I'm just going to steal some of this stuff. I'm just going to steal it. Sorry, whoever's this is. I don't know whose this is. It might be yours. Trying to find the ones we actually did today. Uh, this one. <laughs> my debt is paid. There is nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. Uh, on and on and on it goes. It overwhelms and satisfied my soul. Your love never fails. It never gives up on me. How deep the Father's love for us that, you know, ha- that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Um, you know, uh, he, he, it was my sin upon his shoulders. It was my sin that put him there. All this, it was just, it was just so great to worship along to this. Sorry, it might sound like I'm being random and everything at the moment. But here's, here's the thing, right? The first part of the whole story is about the master forgiving the servant. And that is the most important thing we need to get hold of, okay? Because this is the gospel and it's all about the gospel. And it's never been about anything but the gospel, of God, okay? See, here's, here's the gospel. I'm just going to lay it down. I've, I've got notes so I, I don't, don't completely forget where I'm going with this. But the point is that the Bible says that there is this great, incredible, almighty, all-powerful God who created the heavens, he created the earth, he created everything in them, he created us, and he is Lord and King over everything, okay? And, and, and he made everything good, and he is just sovereign over all of it. And, but the Bible says that man sinned against God. And, and which basically means they offended him. Um, that everyone who ever lived, including yourself, you've offended an eternal king. I mean, offending an earthly king is bad enough and worthy of death. Um, but by offending a, a, you know, an, an eternal king, by deliberately breaking his laws in rebelling, by belittling him, by thinking that we know better and going our way, we have offended him. And this caused separation from God, resulting in death, and after death, eternal punishment, okay, for our offending him, an eternal king, okay? And God being just and righteous and good cannot, fear, cannot leave that sin unpunished. He cannot do it. He is too good. He is too righteous. Yet because he loved us, Instead of punishing us, he sent his willing son Jesus to come down to earth, to live a perfect life, and then suffer the punishment instead of us. Okay? He didn't just die on a cross, but he suffered and was crushed by the full wrath of God, which was reserved for us and our sins. 
okay? And then he was raised to life. Then he was raised to life so that all of us who come to him confessing our offenses against God, he will forgive, not sending any away, transferring the debt that you owe him to his son who has already paid it in full. Okay? And not just that, but transferring his perfect life onto you as if you had done it yourself, which you haven't. It was his righteousness, not yours. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is what we live for. That is what we preach. Amen. 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 He is so good. And I, I, I can't go for these songs. I'd love to re-sing them or whatever. We don't have time. It was just amazing to sing through that and just see that again and again. He is such a good God. Because we are completely forgiven and completely released. And here's the thing, it didn't come free. It didn't come free. It cost God something and it cost him greatly. But he was very willing to do it. Because, and the Bible says why, he loves us. And the thing is, the, the, the other half of that is, if you, here's, here's the thing, you have to go to Jesus to get that, to, to have it transferred over. And if, if you do refuse, uh, if you refuse to go to Jesus and you refuse to acknowledge that, you know, Daddy, I'm not good, you know, like Talia does to me sometimes, you know, if you refuse to acknowledge your sins to him, he will continue to allow you to willingly hold on to that debt and pay it yourself, but that will be an eternity to pay. See, this is the thing, you, you either pay it or Jesus does. Yeah. That's your choice. I'd rather Jesus pay my debt. And the, and the thing is, uh, I, I watched this, uh, I, I watched this uh, Q&A by uh, a preacher called Tim Keller, and, um, and uh, he, he was asked about uh, uh, the gospel and that. And, and he, he was saying, you know, it's not, it's not about me being a good man. He, says, I know, he said, I know plenty of people who are probably better men than me who aren't even Christian. You know, he says it's not about that because if they reject Christ, they're going to hell. But if I accept him, I'm not, even though they might be a better in terms of uh, self-control or whatever, you know, in, in different areas. It's not about being a better man, though God will work that out in us, definitely. Um, it's about holding on to him because he is strong, not us. It's about acknowledging that we are weak. Okay? He is such a good God. Okay? So you pay and Jesus does. So God forgave us first. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Lord. Fourth point. <laughs> Someone's sin against you is nowhere near as great as yours against God. Okay? Your offense against God is far greater than anyone else's against yours. Now, Jesus draws, the, uh, uh, in this story, he draws this big comparison between what the servant owed the master and what the fellow servant owed him. But it might be a bit tricky to not really get since we're not Greek. So, so uh, let me break this down for you, okay? We kind of get the idea, this guy owed 10,000 talents and this other guy owed him 100 denarii. So you get the, 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 the 10,000, the 100, and you think, okay, well, that's, that's quite a big difference, but it's greater than you think, okay? See, in these times, money was measured by weight. Okay? And the biggest weight they had at the time was called a talent. Okay? Now, one talent's worth of money, just, just one talent, was roughly equivalent to 20 years' wages. Wow. 20 years. Mm. This guy owed 10,000 talents. Mm. <laughs> oh, right? Wow. Anyone good at math here? 
You want me to do a bit of math here? Because I can go through it with you. It's all right, I've written it out because otherwise I'd forget, right? Okay? But, 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 but you, you've got this other point behind it, okay? Talent is the biggest measurement they had. And 10,000 was the biggest Roman single like, thing they, uh, number that they had that they could write. 10,000 was the biggest number they could write in, in, in a single, you know, like the Ds and the Cs and all that stuff, right? So, so that, that was the biggest number they had. And the idea is you've got this, this big number here and you've got this, the biggest number here. And it's basically supposed to be an impossible amount. You're not supposed to be able to even count it. Okay, it's an impossible amount to pay back. It can never be paid back. And he even said the servant had no way of paying it back. Okay? He still said, I'll try, I'll try and pay it back. And, you know, the master's like, no, you won't. It's, it's, it's impossible. Okay, it will never happen. But if you want to look at it literally, I've, I, I did all the maths for you, okay? I decided to, uh, I decided to um, go for minimum wage as well because... I, I, I find, yeah, minimum, why not? Okay, so, so let's, let's look at the lowest and then you can look at the highest, okay? So, so, um, so 10,000 multiplied by 20 years wages at minimum wage. So that's £6.70, which is national minimum wage at the moment, okay? Uh, times what, 37.5 hours a week, I decided on, okay? Um, times that by 52 weeks for the year and then times that by 20 years and then times that by 10,000, okay? You're looking at £2.6 billion. £2.6 billion. There are some other numbers on there, but I rounded it up. Sat, sat there, right? But, but, but that's just minimum wage. And apparently, uh, I can't remember, is it like 20, 25, 26 something, which is the national average? You're looking at more £5 billion there, okay? 2 to £5 billion. Going up, depending what he earns, because it depends what he earns, right? It's, it's 20 years' wages. It's not, not exactly this much, right? So, so, so this guy's owning billions. So this guy's owing billions, okay? Yeah. Now, let's look at what his servant owed him. A denarii. Denarii was just a coin. Just a single coin. It's a Roman coin. And it was the equivalent of a day's wages. Again, on minimum wage, you're looking at about 50, 50 quid, okay? You can already see how much less that is. Okay, and he only owned a hundred of these, so you're looking at five grand. Now, five grand is a lot of money, but you know, if you've got billions, it's it's, it's like nothing, right? I mean, you know, I've played all the computer games uh, as little with you, you know, you, the, more, the more you earn, the more you can spend, and so you know, once you get into billions or whatever, you don't care about the thousands, and I'm pretty sure that's that's kind of how it works, right? Because thousands compared to billions are just pennies, right? So what do we get from this? It's, you know, your sins, the, the sin of this servant far outweighed, you know, the, the, the debt he owed far outweighed the debt that he was going to be given, you know, from this other servant. It's just, it's just, it was just beyond comparison. Okay? But, but, but here's the thing we need to understand. There's this verse, there's this verse in, in, in a Bible. I can't remember where it is. I didn't even put a reference in it for some reason. Um, but um, uh, there's this woman who's like weeping over Jesus and whatever. And, 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 the, and the disciples were making a fuss as they like to do for some reason. And, um, and Jesus uh, says that, you know, she loves much because she's forgiven much. And then he proceeds to say... But those who are forgiven little, love little. Yes. I used to think, well, well, 
some people forgive more than others, but no, it, it doesn't mean that. Okay? It doesn't mean that some people have bigger sins than other people. Uh, God doesn't forgive people, some people more and others less. It, this, this is more about realizing and knowing just how great and grievous your sin is against God. See, here's the thing. If we believe we're okay, uh, I mean, if we can believe God's forgiven us, Christian, all that, right? But, but if we believe we're not really as big sinners, you know, he didn't forgive us as much as, you know, or, you know. <laughs> or, you, know, or you hear these big stories, right, of these, these, these murderers or, 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 or rapists or whatever, you know, these things that you think they're just the most vile of the vile or whatever, and yet, you know, they, turn, they have this amazing encounter with God and they, they completely change and you think, wow, you know, he must re- and, and you see this massive love for God they have and you think, wow, they, you know, that's, that's crazy. You know, why don't I love God? Maybe because I'm not a murderer. Maybe I need to go out and do, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about his sin outweighing yours. It's, 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 it's realizing that yours is just as great. Okay, see, um, you know, if, if we just see that he didn't forgive us as much as so-and-so, then we just see God's forgiveness as cheap on our part. And our hearts, because of that, just won't be able, or won't be capable of much mercy. Okay, see, here's the thing, we, we really need to know how truly disgusting our sin is against God and know the greatness of what it cost him to enable us to be forgiven. Okay, we owe him so much more than you may realize. Okay, big time. Okay, not even I, no, no, no one really comp- comprehends the full weight of their sin, but it is great. It's greater than we can comprehend. Okay, your sin is not little to him, and it would never be so. Okay, it is a huge, disgusting, blood soaked, putrid stain on a brilliant and perfect white suit or dress. Okay, it's not merely a key scratch on a car, but a complete wreckage and defilement of a car. Okay. And the suffering and torture and judgment and agonizing death of his son Jesus to pay for those crimes that are so disgusting to him, to pay for your crimes, for your rebellion against him, and your belittlement and your defilement of him, an eternal king, the eternal king, is not cheap. Not cheap in the slightest. Charles Spurgeon says, um, if it works, yeah, it's slowly coming up again. Whenever we repent of sin... We must have one eye upon sin and another upon the cross. Better still, let us have both eyes upon Christ, seeing our sin punished in him, and by no means let us look at sin except as we look at Jesus. Okay? If I can see sin, my sin, as an offence against Jesus Christ and loathe myself because I have wounded him, then I have true brokenness of heart. If I see the Saviour and believe that those thorns upon his head were plated by my sinful words, if I believe that those wounds in his heart were pierced by my heart sins, the sins of my heart, if I, if I believe that those wounds in his feet were made by my wandering steps, and that the wounds in his hands were made by my sinful deeds, then I repent of sin after a right fashion. Amen. Good preacher, Charles Burton. So here's the thing, when, when, when you realise just how great your sin is, when you, when, you, when, you, when you realise that yours outweighs anyone else's against you, okay? when, when, you, when you finally get hold of that, and God will, is the only one who can really remind you of that, but, but ask for it, know it, you know, because when you do know it, then you will see just how small and insignificant everyone else's is, and against yours in comparison, and, and you will start to love big, because those who are forgiven much, love much. Yes. 
Okay? So that's my fourth point, long point, that someone else's sin against you is nowhere near as great as yours against God. Okay? My fifth and final point, we forgive because we are forgiven. Okay? Master says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Hmm. When we have realized the greatness of our sin to God and repented and received his incredible mercy, knowing how much greater our sin is, we should have that same mercy as well in us to those who offend us. Ephesians says, um, if it comes up, yeah, that's right. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Okay. As Martin uh, Lloyd-Jones said, it's it's pity. That mercy is pity plus action. Okay. But the servant in this story did complete opposite. Okay. Jesus says he refused. So he, he refused to have pity and compassion on his fellow servant, who, after already being forgiven himself, right, and, uh, uh, who couldn't pay him back. And, and this is completely despite the mercy he'd received himself. And, and he, you know, he acted according to his hard heart by throwing him in prison. He was unmerciful, he was unforgiving, and he acted on it. Okay? Now, as a human, he exercised his full rights. He exercised his full rights, you know. Every, every, you know, there, there, there's this church in, uh, that, that Paul talks to, and, and he says, "What's going on? You're, you're suing each other." Yeah, they're exercising their rights by law, right? Um, but the thing is, if, if 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 we just went by that, then we would never have been forgiven, you know, because God demands justice, and He had every right as God to put us into hell for eternity. That was that's just it, okay. So if, if we're going to go on that thing, that's what it should be. But his, in light of his mercy, then, because he gave up his rights against us by having his son pay for us, we should do the same. We should, Paul says, why are, you, why are you guys suing each other? Why don't you just accept it as a loss? Okay, you've been hurt. Forgive it. Let it go and be reconciled. Why, why don't you just do that? It doesn't make sense to me, he says. Why, why you would not do that? Because God had mercy on you. So what are you doing? Okay. Having mercy is putting away our rights and saying, I forgive. And there are, you know, there's incredible stories based on it that move people to tears, move me to tears. You know, I could, I could put some stories up and, and move you to tears from them, right? Because some of them are just so moving. But you wouldn't get that if they held on to their rights. Wouldn't get it. Wouldn't help. Wouldn't do anything. So, so this begs the question, and, and it's, it's funny because at, at the end of it, it says... Sorry, I've lost all my stuff here. I didn't put this up as a reminder. There it is. At the end, it says, In his anger, the master delivered him over to the jailers until he should pay back his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every single one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So this begs a question. If we don't forgive others, will God not forgive us? Jesus says in Matthew, if it comes up, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, like this servant did to forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your sins. 
That is not a good place to be in. That is not a good place to be in. You don't want that. You definitely don't want that. Okay? And, and it, but it's an interesting question to ask because I, I, I want to turn it around and, and ask it in a different way. Okay? If, if I forgive others, will God forgive me? That's a more interesting way to ask it. And, 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 and it's interesting because the question is asking if, if by doing something, will I earn God's forgiveness? If I forgive people, will you forgive me? Can I earn that? Now, if God's mercy was earned by forgiving others, by doing something, then that's effectively earning salvation. But the Bible says we can't earn salvation anyway. There's no way of earning salvation. It is by grace you have been saved. This is not of yourself, the Bible says. Therefore, this cannot be what the verse means. It can't be, because if it did, it would contradict the whole Bible. Okay? And we believe the Bible is not a, a, a book of contradictions. Okay? It interprets itself. You just need to, to, to look at a verse in context of the whole Bible, and you will see what it is. So here's the thing. Okay? So this cannot be what the verse means if, if the Bible is that we are saved by grace. Okay? It cannot mean that. So what does it mean? You have to remember some sermons back. I can't remember if I mentioned it earlier. My brain's not working well. Okay, But remember, the Beatitudes are evidences. They are fruits. They are not a list of do's and don'ts. Okay, They are not. If you took it that way, you'd fail. You'd fail miserably. You wouldn't be saved in any way, shape, or form. I promise you. Okay? Okay? This is not... The verse here is not, forgive so God will forgive you. Okay? It is, forgive... Because, thank you, God forgave you. Bless you, yes. That's exactly it. You forgive because he forgave you. See, those who forgive have already been forgiven. Doesn't mean people who haven't been forgiven can't forgive, but but that that is how it's worked out in us. Okay? It's like that that the statement is true. If you do not forgive others their sins, then you are lacking evidence that the forgiveness of God has truly come to you and changed your heart and mind. Because how can anyone who's been forgiven such an enormous debt not forgive someone else who owes him nothing, pittance in comparison? How can the love of God be in that man? There's there's no hope. The Bible says it's definitely not so, but it says, I'm not giving you any hope here that you're saved if you can't forgive that person. I'm not giving you any of it. Okay? Okay? Therefore, God can say that he will not forgive you because you're not doing something. No, no, not because you're not doing something you're meant to, but because the evidence is that you you haven't been forgiven, it seems. And you haven't seen how beautiful and valuable the death of Jesus is. If you did, then you would have been changed inside and being merciful as he is merciful. Hmm. I've got... I've got some encouragement on that in a bit. I've realised I've put it nearer the end. So, so I, I, I don't want to just, just leave people who are struggling to forgive hanging and thinking, man, man, am I, am I safe or not? Okay. Uh, but but let, let me summarise the points so far, and then, and then I'll end it. Okay. So forgiveness is mercy to a person who is unable to pay back what they owe you. Forgiveness is not ignoring sin. God forgave us first. Someone's sin against you is not as great as yours to God. And we forgive because we are forgiven. 
Now, I want, I want to ask this question and, and give some encouragement just after it as well. Okay? It seems that, it's especially in, in, in one of the, 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 the verses earlier, um, if someone sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Okay? So you've got this kind of situation where you're in control. Right? Someone's come to you and said, you know what, I am so sorry. And then you have kind of the power to say, well, stuff you or, you know, suffer. Or you have the power to say, all right, I forgive you. Okay? Like I said, there are tons of moving stories about that, and, and we can have our own. You know? but here's a question. What if they don't say sorry? I'm, I'm kind of in that position myself. You know? what, what if that person doesn't say sorry? What, what if they refuse to repent? What if they couldn't care less about you? You know, you're hurt, you're, you've been grieved by this. You know, and, and by the way, in this whole sermon, I'm not saying that, that people's offences don't grieve you. I'm saying you've got to let go of them, right? I'm not saying you have to be this stout person who doesn't take any damage. It's just, it's just you know, if you damage, it hurts. I, you know, I've been through it so many times. You know, that's just the way it is. It's messy, it's horrible, it hurts, it's painful. Okay? But, but what if they don't say sorry? We still forgive them. Yeah. Unfortunately, it kind of feels like yours as well. It's a problem, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but see, we've got to remember something here. Our example is Jesus. It's Christ. And what did he do for us? He died Why we still hated him. You weren't, you weren't sorry when he came to save you before, before then. You weren't sorry at all. He had to show you that. You know? You know, we... Christ is our example. He died while we were still ungodly, while we were God-haters, while we were still sinners, when we hadn't apologized yet. We had to do the same. And I want to add as well, you know, we forgive as much for our own benefit as well. Okay? It's by not forgiving someone, you're actually kind of hurting yourself more than they're hurting yeah. you. You know? Yeah, um, you, you know, forgiving actually removes bitterness and hurt and unrest. And it, it might feel like a comfort at first, oh, they don't deserve it and all of that. And, you know, but, but you're just damaging yourself. You're damaging your relationship with them. And it could, as a result, damage relationships with others surrounding that as well. You're definitely damaging your relationship with God in that sense. Um, you know, but, but forgiving removes that hurt from you, even if they won't say sorry. Okay, it, it, it is, um, as Mark just said, you know, it hands the charge to God for him to deal with. Yeah. He's saying, hey, I, I'm hurt here. I'm, I'm, I'm broken here. I don't know what to do here. You know, I, you know what? I'm, I, want to, I, want, I want this gone. I want this gone. Please, you know, I forgive them. I forgive them. Please help me. Please, I, I put it on you. You're just. You'll sort it out. Whether they're forgiven, whether they're not, you know, you'll sort it out. You know, but at the, and then at the same time, it's kind of, but I pray that you forgive them as well and you sort this mess out, you know? It's that sort of heart. Can you see the heart behind this? It's, you know, it's forgiving removes that bitterness, that hurt, that upset. It hands the charge to God for him to deal justly with it. it enab- and it enables us to love our offender and be at peace. And that's what we really want. We want to just be at peace. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not have to walk past them and think, uh, or, 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 or avoid them at all costs, but be able to walk past them and say hi, and then think, mm. you know. <laughs> You know, being kind to your enemies, it heaps coals on their head, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> not that we do it in spite. So, uh, if it's... <laughs> but here's another thing. If it's a brother or sister in Christ, because you can't really go and confront people, uh, you know, you can't say, oh, you're sinning against God to someone who doesn't believe in God. That would just be stupid to them. That's throwing your, your, your pearls before swine, as it says. You know, you, they're just like, well, this is stupid. 
You know, I, I don't believe any of your rubbish. Go away. You know, it, but here's the thing. If it's a brother or sister in Christ who does believe all this stuff, right, then you actually have a mandate to approach them. As I said before, you, you're going to them. You're, you're, you're going to, in, in rebuke, in loving rebuke, in reproving them. Okay? And, and, and it says, just before this big text that we had, Jesus describes it. He says, first, you, you go alone. You confront this person. You say, hey, come on, you, you sinned against me. Let's sort this out. They go, no. You know? Then you take two more people who are mature, not stupid people. Take mature people with you. Okay? Otherwise, you'll have a bigger mess on your hands. Okay? You go to them, and, and if they still re- refuse and say, no, I'm not listening to reason here, then bring the elders. <laughs> so go to Pastor David or someone, say, hey, this guy is, you know. So it's, you know, and to do that. And if they continue to refuse, then they're brought before the whole congregation. I know. Scary, hey? And, and, and then if they still refuse to, to, you know, to repent of their sin, which is a big problem, sin is a big issue, we hate sin, okay? then the church hands them out back to the world and says, and we've done it a couple of times, we say, no, we, we can't allow you to be here for now. And, and, it says, and the reason is, and Jesus says we hand them over, as, as Paul says this, to hand them over to Satan for a while. Why? So they can come back to us and be restored again. We've had a story of that as well, which is quite nice, isn't it? So, so, so the whole point, the whole, the whole message of, of that approach, that, that mandate to approach with yourself, then two, then the leaders, then the church, then you know, excommunicate them you know, until, they, until they come back and repent, okay? Um, it, it is so they can be restored. That's the whole point, because if they are really saved, they will come back. Yeah. They will. They just will. It's happened. There's so many stories about it. They just do. Okay, but those who couldn't care and who are hardened, uh, you know, and then say, no, I, I agree with my sinful attitude and all of that, just have no love for God anyway. And you treat them as a non-Christian. And how do you treat non-Christians? You love them. Okay? Remember, forgiving is not ignoring sin. It's seeking to expose the sin and restore the sinner and be at peace with them. Not because, you know, they paid the price for their wrongs or they have to, and not seeking that, but because Christ paid the price for their wrongs. And so you can let them go. Really. And, 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 here's, and, and, and I find I get to my encouragement from earlier because I was saying, well, you know, there's no evidence. If you, if you really are struggling with um, forgiving or you're refusing to forgive people, then there's no evidence you're saved. Uh, uh, I, wonder, I want to remind you, we are lacking in mercy. That's the whole point of being broken before God and being meek before him and going, you know what, God? And it's like, like I said about my daughter earlier, I can't tie my shoes, I can't do this, I can't forgive. It is not part of me, it is part of him. Okay? We are lacking in it. We are depraved. We are, we are messed up. Even the, good, even the people who do forgive, we do it this kind of weird way, and it, it has like sin inside it anyway. You know? It is God's mercy that is being worked in us. Okay? We are seeking and asking God for that to be made evident in our lives. So, so a word of encouragement. Don't worry if this is hard. Yes. Don't worry about it. It's, it's not easy. We're fallen. You know, while on earth, we're going to do a lot of stuff imperfectly. God's not looking for us to do it right. You know, you need to be 100% if you slip up, slap. You know, it's, you know, we're going to hate people. I promise you, we're going to get there. I'm sure most of you probably raise your hand, you know, at some point. Like, Did you ever hate anyone? Yes, you know. Um, you know, you're going to do that. And you're going to find it hard to forgive. The difference is, 
wanting to and asking God to help you and aid you as you work it out. That's the difference. That is the difference. Unmerciful, unforgiving people who are not saved will instead say, I completely refuse. They don't deserve it. You know what? Neither did you. Neither did you. And you will never deserve it. Never. It's Christ. It's all to do with Christ. Okay? If your heart is hard, there's no evidence of salvation. But if you're struggling with it, there is every hope for you. There's every hope. Because, hey, you know, when we struggle, who do we go to? Our God, who doesn't struggle at all. And he lifts us up. And he makes his, his heart known to us. And he, he lifts us. And, he, and, he, and, he, and I, I love this verse in, in John where it says, you know, he's, he's the light. And he, you know, he pours into our hearts. The light, you know, expels darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. It's brilliant. You know, what great hope we have. If that is you, though, if, if, you, if, if, if you're unmerciful, if you're struggling or whatever, you know, uh, you know unforgiveness is a, is a heavy burden to bear. And it will make you bitter and it will cause you unrest and you will never have peace from it. Never. But Jesus says, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So, so people, guys, I, I, I want to do something of an altar call or whatever. Can I do that now? Brilliant. Cool. So, 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 so I, I don't know if we can have on music or whatever. I don't know. Um, is anyone around that does the music? Colin around? No? Uh, don't worry. Don't have to have music. It's fine. Okay. But here's the thing, guys. You know, if any one of you are struggling with uh, forgiveness or, you know, you, you don't want to forgive, but you... You, but you, you know you want that attitude gone, you know that you don't want to forgive. Then um, I, I just want to ask you, um, yeah, why not? Why, why not? Actually, can, can we have some people at the front who are willing to pray for people? Can we have that, please? And um, but I want to say, if you're struggling with forgiveness or, or, or not forgiving or whatever, and you want it gone, uh, then please come to the front and ask someone to pray with you. Uh, I, I really think that is good for us. We, we need to pray for each other because the prayers of righteous heal the others and all of that. And, and, and also, if this is the first time you've actually heard any of this about Jesus, okay, or even the millionth, and you actually realize you don't have any evidence in your life of salvation, and you're starting to worry about it, then please come down to the front too. Uh, we want to pray with you, and, um, and I, I want to encourage you to have no fear because all who come to Jesus, he will, he will never cast out. Uh, you know, you're safe. You can, you can allow God and trust him to unburden you, and he will. So... Um, I mean, it might be no one, I don't know, but um, I want some music on. But, um, but, but yeah, but I, I'm done. So, 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 what, what, yeah, so, so please, uh, like I said, if you want to come down the front, please come down the front for that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to pray to end it. That's, that's, that's cool. And while these guys are sorting out the music, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Bless you. You are good. You are good, God. You are good, God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your incredible salvation. Thank you so much that you forgive us. Thank you so much that you acquit you know, all of our debt against you. And you make that possible for us. I thank you for the death of your son. I thank you that you died for us instead of us. I thank you that you give us life. I thank you that you are a God of mercy and compassion. You know, that you forgive all iniquity and sin to those who come to you and, and confess to you. I, I, I just thank you that you are so faithful in that. Even, even, if we, even if we don't trust it completely, even if we have a little bit of trust, you, you, you take that because you are someone to be trusted in. 
You are so good. I just want to thank you that you are willing to forgive us and, 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 and then not just hold us at bay, but, but bring us in. You, know? you, don't just, you don't just forgive and say, I don't want anything to do with you, though. You, you forgive us and you say, I want to live in you. I want you to live in me and you're going to be with me. And now, now we were separated, but now no one can separate you. No one can separate you now. Because I'm here, because I'm your redeemer, because I'm your protector, because I'm mighty to save. What a good God. Thank you so much. You're incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so we pray, Lord. I, I just pray for everyone here. You know, forgiveness is hard. It's messy. I'm, I'm struggling with it myself. You know, God, I just pray, help us. You know, we are not naturally forgiving creatures. We just, just aren't. But you are. And we just pray for that to be made more evidence in our lives. I pray that you break us and show us just how great and grave our sin is. Not, not so you could hold it against us and rub it in our face, but so we can come and, and receive forgiveness and grace to help us in our time of need. You are such a good God. Thank you so much. So I just pray for people of Lighthouse, for those who are here, and for those who are not, you know, that you work in our hearts, Lord. You know, that you help us, enable us to forgive you. I mean, not forgive you, sorry, I'm not, I'm not even thinking. Just to forgive, you know, like you. To forgive like you do. Bless you. Thank you so much. You are, you're an incredible God. Please help us. And please, you know, for people who do come up, or, or people who are just scared too, if, this, if, 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 if they're scared and just don't want to come up, fine. I just pray for them now as well, that you just help them and help release them and, uh, and, and, and just unburden them and just... And, and just bring reconciliation and peace into their lives that they've never known in the situation they're struggling with. Bless you, God. You are so good. Thank you. I completely rely and depend on you. What a good God. What a good God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All glory. All glory to you. Amen.